The week of Friday, November 6, 2009, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I think we have set a record for consecutive weeks without a break. Yeah. This is amazing. Well, like, I had, I in had like four or five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a Cal Ripken like streak going on here. <laughs> it has been at we, least we are the six. Brett Favre of podcasting. <laughs> the uh, Relevant Podcast is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and relevantmagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang. And here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios is Ryan Ham. Hello, everyone. On the Skype line from Virginia Beach, Virginia is Jesse Carey. Greetings. And joining us all the way from Wellington, New Zealand is Adam Smith. Hey, everybody. Ooh, that was peppy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel peppy. <laughs> uh, we have a, a packed podcast for you today. We have a live in-studio performance by Jeremy Larson coming up. And, you know, normally we have a great interview. Last week was actually one of my favorites, the call and response Justin Dillon segment. That was mm-hmm. amazing, the way that uh, Chad produced it. But uh, today we have our once every two months look inside the new issue. The, the new issue of Relevant with Switchfoot on the cover just came out. And we, uh, we're going to bring in Roxy and Ryan, and uh, we will uh, kind of tell you the, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff because there was some stuff that went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's coming up a little later. Uh, but before all that, uh, we have our entertainment releases. Uh, let's see, music coming out in stores on uh, Tuesday, November 10th. We've got a few here. Tori Amos is coming out with Midwinter Graces. Mm-hmm. Michelle Branch with Everything Comes and Goes. Now, is this 1998 again? That's what I was going to say. Is this from 10 years ago? The, the release is 10 years ago today? The press release for Tori Amos very explicitly says that it is an album of seasonal favorites i was gonna say are, are you is this some kind of lilith fair greatest hits week or something <laughs> it is not a christmas album listen also coming out maybe not Lilith fair but with the uh, throwback vibe bon jovi's coming out with the circle Ooh. <laughs> dashboard confessional is coming out with after the wow. ending yeah seriously what is going on here? yeah um and then uh let's see we got the clips with till the casket drops mm. Um, and in our spotlight release of the week, Switchfoot with their highly anticipated Hello Hurricane. Here is a clip of their first single. Um, okay, movies coming out in theaters next Friday, not this Friday. We have uh, a, a few here. We've got 2012, 
the the end of the world and apocalyptic thriller. I am Finally. so excited about it. I have to every time every time a trailer plays, Stop I'm it. like giddy about Stop it. Stop it! People it don't looks, know you're kidding. No, I'm totally serious. You are not. It's, I am seeing an opening night. It's going to be awesome. It's Roland Emmerich. Exactly. Uh, he he's the guy behind Independence Day and the Day After Tomorrow. And and Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and he's he actually did Sense and Sensibility as well. <laughs> I think it's impressive that he's actually making a movie that's just one long special effect. Yeah. Well, it's great because in the preview, they're like, the Mayans predicted it. But they don't explain, like, why the world's ending. It's just huge chunks of city being swallowed into the sea. And I was debating with my best friend, like, would it be Wait, better? which one? You have six. You know, I realize this. I was debating with Brett. My, okay. my is is Brett. it John, John Cusack? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, John Cusack's in it. So I'm debating with my friend. I was like, you know, would it be better or worse if they somehow explained why the Earth is disappearing? And both of us just decided we don't care. I mean, if if an entire city is going to be swallowed up by the sea, there really doesn't need to be an explanation for me. <laughs> the, the scene of them in the little propeller plane. Oh, flying. fantastic. Well, no, it, here. Where are they flying to? If everything, if everything's getting exactly. swallowed, exactly, exactly. That's my whole issue with this movie. Is there all these scenes of them trying to escape? If the world is ending, where are you escaping to? They're just well, going to perpetually float in the air. Exactly. And then... It was like it was like war, war of the Worlds. You know, aliens attack and completely obliterate the entire you know country, except for one picturesque neighborhood in Boston where they pull up to at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else think that was a little lame too? Well, it had Tom Cruise in it, so it was lame before they pulled up to the neighborhood, but. How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, and then the other big uh, uh, film coming out, which is going to be reviewed at RebelMagazine.com, uh, Pirate Radio, the uh, the tr- based on a true story, starring starring uh, Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman and others. Um, it looks really good. Here, yeah. Here's a here's a part of the trailer. It was loud. It was rebellious. And in 1966, the British government. <laughs> banned rock and roll on the radio. That's the whole point of being the government. If you don't like something, you simply make it illegal. Until one American DJ... I don't give a hootenanny about your limey laws. He's possibly the most famous broadcaster ever. And a band of renegades... You must be the count! I am he. Take me to a microphone. ...launched a radio station on the high seas... We should have set sail years ago. ...and raided the airwaves. Let's have a tune. I'm sick of this silence. Let's rock! No, it looks good. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's always dependable. And who else? Who, who's the main guy? I thought he was the main guy. I think the... Bill Nye? Yeah, Bill Nye is in it. He's always good, too. There you go. The science guy? <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> the neighbor of Ed Begley Jr.? <laughs> Do you ever watch that? Keeping up with the uh-uh. Begleys or whatever? No. Living with Ed or whatever? Anyway, it, you know, it's on the Green Channel. Right. Green Planet. And uh, and and so it's a reality show of him and all of his shenanigans of environmentalism. And Bill Nye, the science guy, literally is his neighbor now. That's awesome. And is trying to keep up and out Ed Begley, Ed Begley. And it's like a real life. They have little rivalries of who That's can kind of do better solar point panels. And <laughs> anyway, I want to live next door to Bill Nye, the science guy. It'd be a good time. See, would. I would picture him much like the Wilson character in Home Improvement. You know, when I have family needs or I need masculine advice, I just kind of peek over the fence and Bill Nye's out, you know, making a birdhouse. <laughs> you go to Bill Nye, the science guy, for masculine needs? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what I did through childhood. Wow. <laughs> I wrote letters to Bill Nye. <laughs> did that, you really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I felt, I thought I was the geek character in this podcast. I think then. he was kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Coming up next, Slices. It's Relevance 12 Days of Christmas. Save up to 80% on apparel, books, music, and more when you sign up for Relevance second annual 12 Days of Christmas at relevantmagazine.com slash 12. That's relevantmagazine.com slash the number 12. Be entered to win a $100 Amex gift card if you sign up before November 30th. You're listening to Tegan and Sarah. The song is Hell from their new album, Sainthood. Interesting. Uh, tension there. Yeah. Uh, and and as, as Ryan tweeted when we played the video on Relevant TV last week, um, the, the video was heavenly. Hmm. You said hmm about your own comment. I know. I, I, <laughs> it amazed me with its depth again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah are currently out on tour, uh, but won't be playing in the States until mid-February. So for all of you uh, non-Americans... You can check them out. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Modest Yahoo's One Day from his new album, Light. He's currently on tour, and the video for Light is currently playing over on Relevant TV. You see how I added a little bit more information there? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is thanks to Chad Michael Snavely, our, our, our illustrious producer. He has armed me with little tidbits about all of our music breaks. I feel so informed now. I feel like... It occurred to me the other day of... Are, are you any of you guys familiar with the Ricky Gervais podcast? Yeah. Um, it occurred to me the other day that Chad is like our cool version of Carl Pilkington. Really? Well, because he, he's well, got he's the- got kind of a round head and he's bald. And it <laughs> occurred to me the other day that if we had a round, a perfectly round microphone, his head might fit behind it, just like Carl Pilkington's. And you know, uh, if, for those of you who don't know what Chad looks like and haven't been over to the staff page at, at relevantmediagroup.com, uh, we'll put his face on the uh, podcast episode page. Yeah. So, so when you go to comment on this week's question of the week, you can see. I think we should put a picture of Carl Pilkington's head up too, side by yeah. side, yeah. separated at birth, yeah. exactly, and put maybe a round microphone in Photoshop in mm-hmm. front of Chad's face. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I will say, back in the day, the podcast always kind of had a Carl Pilkington. You know, back in the day, like uh, n- not so much uh, in you know, in stature or anything, like not so much the the way they looked, but someone who we just took aggression out on. <laughs> uh, and that, that or used to be Lloyd. Yeah. I was going to say, were you going to say Flynn? Because he's, he's also bald and his head is pretty round. That's true. No, Flynn, no. Uh, the, the, the butt of all the jokes was at uh, one point was Jesse. And then when Jesse left, it became Lloyd. And then when Lloyd left, we went on hiatus because mm. You can't have a podcast if you can't dump on somebody. It's true. <laughs> well, actually, in that that kind of short span where I, I was, old Chad 
was uh was hosting the podcast he was definitely the uh was he really the carl pilkington yeah i was on sabbatical and i so i didn't listen to the podcast because like i mentioned to you guys i didn't number one i i've spent so much of my time pouring into this thing that if it had gotten off track while i was gone i didn't want to know mm-hmm. but then if it had grossly improved while i was <laughs> gone i didn't want to know so i so really so he was kind of the host and you guys dumped on him huh oh yeah Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and the statement that you made that you can't have a podcast unless you have someone to dump on, I was actually reviewing the terms of service on the iTunes website, and that was actually in there. <laughs> so, you cannot have a podcast unless you have someone to dump on. So. Oh, that's funny. All right. Let's see. Uh, time for slices. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one, uh, and I'd like Adam's perspective on it. Uh, that's why I chose this one. This one uh, is pretty much the crime of the century in Auckland. Uh, many would say the perfect crime. I, I ran across this, and I saw the location uh, that it, you know, happened in New Zealand. I, I thought, you know, Adam has to speak into this. Um, it made international headlines, so I'm sure all of you have heard about it. Twenty-five cattle were mysteriously abandoned in a, in a field. Um, and the animal control person said, luckily, the beasts were together and not running around the streets. Um, it made international headlines, and I can only assume that in New Zealand, this is probably the equivalent of the OJ case meets Watergate meets the Lindenburg kidnapping. Um, Adam, is this just huge headlines there? Well, here's what's funny, Jesse. I actually haven't heard word one about this, and I I watch the news here every night. I'll tell you, we have had some cattle news, though. Uh, Down in in Christchurch, an errant steer was – the police were trying to chase it down and – Wait, 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 wait. Let's back the, up for a second. So you're telling me there are regularly just steer on the loose? Because I feel like you kind well, of buried no, this, the lead there. This was not – well, if it, you'll see from the resolution of this story that this wasn't a uh, in any way a normal occurrence because of the way it was dealt with. Rather than, you know, like talking to animal control or uh, – trying to find a, a qualified cattle wrangler, the police instead <laughs> unleashed a hail of gunfire <laughs> on this steer and just cut it down in cold blood in the middle of a, uh, a high school sports field. <laughs> During a football well, I, game. I can only assume, you know, th- these cattle, as far as I can tell from the story, you know, they're still roaming this field, and it, it made it made a point to say it's unfenced. So I'm assuming the only logical resolution is to send out uh, a lot of guys with guns because there's 25 of these beasts. Yeah, and uh, well, you know, the thing in Christchurch, what makes it particularly bothersome is that the police here don't usually even carry guns at all. <laughs> so basically, it has to be like a really special situation for uh, you know the police to actually bring out the the <laughs> artillery you know like <laughs> in general all they have is like a baton you know um couldn't they just so, beat the cow with their batons yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it ended much better than it could have had they you know just uh storm the cow with batons yeah but then the meat <laughs> yeah. would have the meat would have been tenderized yeah i was gonna say it would have been pretty delicious that would have been, like been, awesome. been the most delicious yeah. news story ever <laughs> <laughs> i just find it funny that it's like you know Basically, the only time you ever hear about the police actually using weapons 
in New Zealand is when there's some kind of crazy hostage standoff and they're getting shot at and stuff. And so evidently the Christchurch police considered this such a, a public menace that they had to break out the weaponry. So, so Jesse, back to your original slice, the, yeah. the, the international news was simply that there was a field and someone put 25 cows on it without any explanation. That, that's it. That that I mean, it's really what when you think about it, it's a mystery that boggles the, the mind. Is it? It was it a slow news day for the <laughs> world? Uh, apparently so, because I can't really see why that would even make local news. Cows yeah. in a field. Apparently, it didn't. Yeah. Well, it didn't here. <laughs> <laughs> I was they they say, went straight up the ladder with this thing. Jesse, did you read the whole article? I mean, did something? I mean, something. I, I'm literally. I'm I'm looking at the article right now, and it's literally four sentences. That really does, though, seem like the happiping mystery in the world. Yeah. Because, I mean, the farmer is all of a sudden like, hey, I, j- I just got 25 cattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got there's, more cows. Yeah, there's really no <laughs> negative possible resolution. Yeah. Unless the Christchurch police get involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, speaking of meat tenderizing, I don't want to take us off subject, but I've always been I think curious that, about something. I think that actually is on subject right now. <laughs> well, have you, you have you guys had Kobe beef before? Yes. You know, and part of the I whole have. thing is this this was like a uh, the most tender meat because this cow has been massaged every day it's before. It's been fed beer and grains. Yeah. Mm. yeah. My question is, is somebody's job to massage a cow every day? Well, yes. Like, literally, do they wake up in the morning and it's, be like, oh, time to hit, you know, time for the old grind. And he goes in yeah. and just starts massaging cows. And I kind of wonder if maybe it's a licensed masseuse whose career has just taken a few wrong turns. Do you think, is there any like way that, sex predator or something? Is there yeah. any way that I could be a Kobe human where I'm fed beer and massaged every day? As long as I'm not eaten, I'd be fine the with that. The end result is that you're butchered and yeah. well. How many how many years do I get of it? Well, the, these are baby cows, <laughs> yeah. so oh, baby okay. Cows. I was gonna say because if I got like you know 20 years of massage and beer every day, that might be worth getting eaten in the end. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let me just let me just tell you, you've already got the beer part taken care of. <laughs> Sharper Image sells massage chairs for about twelve hundred dollars, and then true. you don't have yeah. to die at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just sit in that chair? And Is my life worth? $1,200? That's the real question here. <laughs> yeah, when someone's offering to do it for free. Exactly. <laughs> With one little catch at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Why pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, next. I just hope listeners can sleep at night knowing that uh, a crime like this has been perpetrated in our world. But uh, I felt like it was my job to inform them in case 25 cows fill up on their lawn. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to say that was probably the least um, newsworthy. New, newsworthy slice we've ever done. In our <laughs> lack of newsworthy slices. In other news, and that's that's saying something. <laughs> oh yeah, and I I don't know if this is going to take us uphill or downhill, but uh, <laughs> we can only there's only one direction we can go from here, Adam. Yeah, and in, in other news, someone left a car in a parking lot. <laughs> There were people at the mall today. The worst we can do is a lateral move from here. (laughs) All right. So uh, in a uh, California high school, a a math teacher um, in the middle of class crushed a fly between his hands and then dared any of his students to eat it, right? He said, if anybody eats a fly, I'll give them an A on the next test. So uh, 
one of the industrious young students, Stephen Zeldag, who evidently prefers public humiliation to study, uh, <laughs> decided to take that dare. He's got a bright and, future. And uh, he ate the fly, sealed the deal with a handshake, and then was incensed to find that he actually got an F on the test. Um, the teacher wrote an A on it, but told him it's not, it wasn't going in the grade book. He only scored <laughs> a nine out of 46 questions. <laughs> and, uh, so now he's, he's angry. He's taking his, his quarrel public and, uh, you know, asking for some kind of retribution for this, this broken oral contract. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think it's kind of fair because if you're actually the kind of person who will go ahead and take that dare and eat a fly, then you deserve to get a failing grade at life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my question is, did he complete the test before or after he ate the fly? Because if he like ate the fly and was like, well, this doesn't matter, and he only got 9 out of 46 at that point, I can understand it. But if you only get 9 out of – I feel like no matter what the test is, I could probably get at least 15 out of 46 <laughs> no matter what the subject is it was i i happened to read the story and he did take the test after he'd eaten the fly so he said he didn't study okay yeah yeah so okay speaking of again i think we buried the lead here <laughs> the the teacher caught the fly with his bare hand and <laughs> yeah. squished it it's like mr miyagi yeah like barack obama that's unbelievable now jesse you're in my fantasy basketball league so i know you know this adam maybe you had maybe news hadn't traveled to you yet but the nba season is upon us and an opening night Halloween night, October 31st, the San Antonio Spurs were playing a game. In the arena, the entire game, there was this bat flying around, and, and people in the crowd were trying to hit it. They couldn't, nobody could catch it. Finally, fed up, there's video all over YouTube. In the middle of the game, Manu Ginobili of the San Antonio Spurs swings his hand in midair, hits the bat as it flies by, knocks it to the court, walks it over, picks it up, and hands it to an usher. <laughs> well, you know the only thing that would have made that better? If he bit the head off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they gave Manu Purell, cleaned his hands, and kept playing the game. Wow. Now, now, you know, saying that no uh, good deed goes unrewarded or whatever, he's now had to have four tetanus shots or rabies shots. He's having to go through a month of treatments and stuff because apparently, you know, you can't really swat a bat without some sort of uh, medical needs happening that's afterwards. What the, that's what the Joker learned the hard way. <laughs> but I just, I mean, he's like, he's destined for uh, a highly elected public office, mm. in, in my opinion. That's true. It's well, kind of like when uh, Randy Johnson hit the bird with a oh, fastball. That video goose. is awesome. That's, the best <laughs> that's, that's maybe one of the best video clips in all history. Yeah, <laughs> any, yeah, of all time. In fact, I'll, I'm going to embed that clip on, on the uh, podcast episode page that, that the Randy, well, you know, we'll do the Randy Johnson and the Manu Ginobili and the Barack Obama. <laughs> well, it's like I remember when that Randy Johnson thing happened. I remember uh, in Major League Two, there was a scene <laughs> where a guy hit a pop-up and it hit a bird. And that seemed so ridiculous to me when I first saw it that, you know, this is back, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. So It I, was last Thursday. My old, my old VHS. I was just rewinding it over and over and over to, just to watch the ball hitting that bird, <laughs> thinking – that's so funny. Were you reminded of that scene when Major League Two just got released in your home country? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> just last week. No, but like, you know, I thought it was so absolutely outlandish that it was hilarious. And then Randy Johnson actually does it. 
Yeah. No, That's but not only did it, it's even more improbable because the he was pitching. It wasn't like exactly. he hit the ball. Exactly. The ball's like, you know, three feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, if you watch that clip, which now everyone's going to be watching it on the page, the bird it pretty much vanishes. Oh, just like, it's it just gone. It explodes yeah. into feathers. <laughs> Talk about a way to intimidate batters. <laughs> Brush like, them off if the that plate. Thing gets a piece of me. <laughs> Look what it just did to that bird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Next slide. All right. Um so this is there is a this is on the site and it'll link to a video too where like it's a very serious CNN news um news video. But apparently Nicolas Cage is broke, as he claims. Seriously? Yeah. He made like $40 million last week, or last week, last year. Okay. But um, due to some mismanagement from his financial person, he uh, is now apparently broke. Um, What makes this slice interesting is that in order to raise money, and again, this is said in like a very serious CNN sort of newscaster voice, they're like... In order to remake his money, he's been forced to s- try to sell several of his properties. So he's selling homes in, like, L.A., Las Vegas, Atlanta, a 26-acre property in Rhode Island, and he's already had to sell his castle in Bavaria. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nicholas wow. Cage had a castle in Bavaria. Nicholas Cage had a castle in Bavaria. Well, wow. I-, I heard that he's so desperate that he's actually going on a very detailed treasure hunt (laughs) that ends in a castle in bavaria every every time i start to feel some kind of hope about the human race (laughs) about the way we're all going as a species i hear something like nicholas cage has a castle in bavaria (laughs) (laughs) and then you suddenly realize that in order to get out of in order to get out of debt really all he needs to do is make ghost rider 2 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I can understand how he wound up in debt because he's made the same movie over and over for the last 15 years, and they probably only paid him once for it. <laughs> you know, it's like knowing comes along, and they're like, we're not paying you for this again. It's the same thing. <laughs> or maybe he shouldn't buy as many castles. Yeah, you know? that might be. Or name is, I feel like you're sort of tempting, you know, the karmic gods or whatever, If you, whenever you name How your, about God? We or, believe or, in the yes, one and the, only. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one true. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I feel like you're tempting. I will see. I tempting don't want to say fate? God. Fate. Tempting, maybe fate. tempting, tempting fate. fate. Yeah. Maybe you're tempting fate when you decide that it's a really great idea to name your son Kal-El after the real name of <laughs> Superman. No. Did he yeah. really do that? Yes, he really named his, his, his son's name is Kal-El Cage. Didn't he want to be wow. Superman or something? Yeah, in the he, was, he really oh, wanted to be Superman. There's screen test shots of him in the costume. Wow. That would have um, been terrible. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like every other Nicolas Cage movie. (laughs) (laughs) Nicolas Cage is one of my two actors that I hate more than any other actor. The Mm. the other one is John Travolta. Mm. I cannot see. Oh, my gosh. You and I are on the exact same page. So Face Off was the worst movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I actually have a special place in my heart for Nicolas Cage. Because of Leaving Las Vegas? No, I hate Leaving Las Vegas, actually. Because of The Rock and Con Air. In his in Con Air, oh, his gosh. accent is so laughably bad you can't help but <laughs> it, it, like it. That movie is literally like a movie version of an Onion article. Oh, <laughs> that, that movie is incredible. When Steve Buscemi starts singing, he's got the whole world in his hands while he's at a tea party. Like movie gold. 
Wow. Yeah. The, the, hi- the highlight is Dave Chappelle in that film. <laughs> that, that movie seems like it was written by a 14-year-old boy after a Red Bull bender. It was. It was Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, it was perpetually yeah, in that state of mind. Finding out Nicolas Cage is going broke is like finding out Tom Brady got hurt again. You know, you, know you should feel bad, but you're actually kind of happy inside. Oh, man. Now, I saw I, – I, speaking of uh, fallen uh, icons – or, or peddling their wares for cash, quick cash. I'm watching, you know, I'm on baby watch. I'm on new newborn schedule right now, so I'm up at 4 in the morning. So I'm, I'm perusing the infomercials. Mr. T's uh, got a a kitchen appliance now. Oh, I've seen that. And, and have you seen the infomercial? It's incredible. It's the most terribly scripted, acted kind of thing. Yeah. He busts through the door of the kitchen to come in and <laughs> I mean it's so bad. And every time they cook something he acts like it's a new miracle. Yeah. Well and the way <laughs> it starts is there's a chef in the kitchen and, and and he busts through the door and she's like, Oh Mr. T, you're here early. I, I don't have lunch pre- prepared. And he's like well, you know, what's up, woman? I want my food. <laughs> and she goes, Well I didn't know what you wanted. I have beef, chicken and fish. He's, and he's like, I want all three. And, and she's like, well, luckily I have this wonderful, uh, you know, cooking thing that can cook beef, chicken, and fish all at once. And, uh, that's the premise. Oh, it's so good. He's late or he's early for lunch, and she has to quickly cook all three kinds of meat in one thing. And this, this really sounds like a, like a lost subplot of Arrested Development. <laughs> I, I honestly can't even count the number of times a former cast member of the A-Team has shown up and I've had that problem, you know, <laughs> like I have three kinds of meat, like George Papard gets there <laughs> 10 minutes before he's supposed to. And I have three kinds of meat. and I don't know what he wants. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he's yelling at me. Yeah. You know, and then I finally, I finally get it all figured out. And he yells, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> and then you jump up and give high fives and it just pauses in the air. <laughs> and it freeze frames. Oh, man. Okay. Now, on that bizarre note, that'll do it for Slices. Up next, Jeremy Larson. You're listening to The Dead Weather. The song is I Cut Like a Buffalo. It's from the album Horsehound, and the video is playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Um, Dead Weather just released a live album, actually, um, live at Third Man Records West. And uh, you can actually buy the video I Cut Like a Buffalo at iTunes if you like it. I love The Dead Weather. They're, the video that they did, um, the, the Duel, do you remember that one? About a month ago we played on Relevant TV. Actually, if you go to Relevant TV, you can just when you click on this music video. Mm-hmm. If you click on The Dead Weather, like all of their videos that we've played pull right. up. Anyway, the one where they do The Duel in the suburbs. Is that The Mother? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 The Mother song. Oh. Treat Me Like Your Mother or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's so cool, especially at the end. You gotta, you gotta wait through the first minute and a half. But anyway, all right. 
Jeremy Larson recently came through the Relevant Studios. He's, um, well, here, I'll read his bio. Uh, Previously a classical music performance major, his songs are piano-driven, creating an innovative blend of music inspired by French impressionistic and electronic music, sealed in a postmodern pop rock envelope. That makes no sense. In his live show, he 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 plays everything himself. Yeah. So he's looping on top of himself, and it's this big, massive sound and stuff. Well, I was I um I, I actually interviewed him when he came through the studio, and he was talking about how Mute Math asked him to do some string arrangements for their new record. And so, in order to do he it, he said, "Screw you guys!" And he was stormed out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, in order to do it, he taught himself violin and viola. And then taught himself how to loop it like 15 parts each of each instrument so he could make an entire orchestra in his one-man studio. Wow. Uh, yeah. F- footnote on that album was actually recorded in a Bavarian castle. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? His, his, his CD sound, his live sound is so unique. You know, I, I think it'd be good for us to play a clip of his normal music. So then when you hear his live performance here, which is just him and acoustic guitar, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the other end of the spectrum. You kind right. of have the right context. Here's a clip of Jeremy Larson. Now, here's Jeremy Larson playing um, uh, playing for us in the Roman studio. It's just him and a guitar. The song is All But One Saint.
This is Jeremy Larson. You can check him out at jeremylarsonmusic.com. We living in a war zone like Rwanda. Before I go back to the Heavenly Father, pray for me if it ain't too much bother. Whatever don't break me and make me stronger. I feel like I can't take too much longer. It's too much lying and too much frying. I'm all cried out because I grew up crying. They all got a sales pitch I ain't buying. They trying to convince me that I ain't trying. We uninspired, we unadmired, and tired. It's sick of being sick and tired of living in a hood with the shots of fire. We dying to live, so to live we dying. You just like dying. All right. Well, normally in this segment, we have an interview. I believe last week we set a new high mark with um, the interview with Justin Dillon and, and the way that Chad produced it up. And it was amazing. And um, we have a number of other great ones planned. But right now is when we talk about the new issue of Relevant. Um, we've, we're bringing in the editorial crew or three fourths of the two thirds of the editorial crew. Um, our editorial director, Roxanne Weeman is here. Hi. And Ryan's here and myself. And we thought rather than going through front to back with the issue, um, uh, we figured we'd talk about some of the stuff that stood out to us as we were putting it together and kind of why we did or made some of the choices we made and, uh, some of the things that created this this new issue of relevant uh for the first time ever uh switchfoot is on our cover mm-hmm. yes. and now i say for the first time ever switchfoot is on our cover because back in like oh five john foreman's face appeared on our cover but it was not a story on switchfoot at, right. the, at the time mm. but um the cover line has actually gotten us um letters <laughs> already uh, it's, it says why switchfoot stopped trying to change the world and it's not a statement that we are making about Switchfoot. It's a statement John Foreman says in the interview. That's and we've right. gotten these letters from people going, Switchfoot will never stop changing the world and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, way to read it. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, um, you talked to John. I did. When they were in town. I did. And it was, um, we had a couple parts to this story. Um, they had an interview with another author and then they were just going to be in town so we went ahead and extended the interview and anyway so during the interview um john just talked about uh that pressure as a celebrity to feel like you have to change the world and that 
and he, that he felt that. Let's say a most lot. most celebrities don't okay. feel that pressure. He felt that yeah. pressure a lot. The like, Bono this pressure. Is, yeah, and and I've been given so much. I have to do something. It's my responsibility. And he said, over the last few years, it's really been just a weight off his shoulders to realize, no, that's God's responsibility, and he trusts God, and he feels called to do certain things, but he can do those things without this feeling of, I have to change the world. That's cool. can trust God. So Also cool is they have a new album that just came out. It's called Hello Hurricane. Okay, other other things going on in the issue. You may hear some uh, pages turning up. Now, I want to call special attention to to a page that is near and dear to my heart. I'm I'm excited. Uh, a couple couple months ago on the podcast, we we talked about a Vancouver based rapper named Shad. Now, he, we actually did a uh, a small piece on him in the drop in this issue of Relevant, mm-hmm. and we are going to be talking to him more on the podcast or talking to him on the podcast. I guess mm-hmm. we did the first time. And, and possibly putting his album on the drop at realmagazine.com later this month. Um, he's somebody you don't need to buy the clean version. Right. It's, it's amazing. He's a believer, um, but his, his music is just phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's seriously my favorite hip-hop album of the year. Um, his album is called The Old Prince. You can check him out at shadk.com. Here is a clip from The Old Prince. Wanted to be Jay, then K West, wanna be star of the rock, kid you not Sean Connery, but like the rock, I'm surrounded by watery flow, still it really don't bother me. Fake ballers, weak game, less polished than Ben Wallace is while I breathe. Quality music getting quality spins. Y'all stay second rate chingies at the quality end. Now that's a joke to a real rapper. We also have a couple of other great uh, uh, artists in the drop. Los Campesinos. Um, that exclamation point at the end. Yeah, there's an exclamation point. I got to say it right. Los Campesinos! There you yeah! go. There you go. You have to shake your fist as yeah. you say their name. They have a new album out called We Are Beautiful, We Are Doomed. And they're really prolific. They're actually... They Good released word. that album not very long ago. Oh, I'm an editor. True. They released that album not that long ago, and then they have a... They just announced a brand new one coming out in, like, February. Very very cool. Here's a, here's a clip from We Are Beautiful, We Are Doomed. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Fondness makes the absence longer. Length loses my interest. I'm a realist. I'm insatiable. Stop ten days until I fly with hours before your rip. And rounding out the drop, this issue, I have to say this is probably one of our strongest lineups of the drop in a long time, um, is is actually Fun. Now, Fun is a band that Teresa Dobrich, um, my right hand here at the office, uh, loves. Yes, and it, our uh, the other third of our editorial department loves. loves. Yeah. And a lot of the designers love. And I'm yes. not saying I don't love it, but it's kind of... Um, musical, mm. like mm-hmm. a musical on Broadway, musical so. mixed with Sesame Street. There's a lot of vaudeville <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it's, a, it's 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 themed mm-hmm. music. You know what I mean? So you got to be in the mood for fun. Yeah. They're blowing up. 
They oh. also have a punctuation mark at the end of their a name. period. Yes. yes. Fun, Fun period. And it's all uh, lowercase. Right. right. Which is important to yeah. note. Because well, because in the table of contents it looks like we accidentally forgot to we accidentally lowercased it, but that's not the case. We did right. that on purpose. Now, th- now, th- fun is is Nate Ruse, uh, Ruiz, who's the former lead singer of the format, right? right. Yes. Yeah, it's his new project. Yeah. So here's a clip from their debut album. This is fun. Now, I I don't want to make this a musical-themed thing. Maybe we'll just, you know, Switchfoot is on the, and on the covers. We played mm-hmm. them. We just played all the drops just because I like them a lot. I like all those artists. We have Modest Yahoo yes. and Bat for Lashes yes. in this issue. I mean, this is stellar. Yeah. And so uh, he has a new album out. We're big fans. He has so much to say. We thought it would be great to talk to him again. A lot has changed in his career. So we have a Q&A with Modest Yahoo in the issue. You know what? Let's play a clip. I mean, this album is a bit of a progression for him musically. Mm-hmm. Um, let's play a clip of his new project. It's called Light. Um, another standout in the issue is actually the uh, the article that uh, that caused quite a bit of a stir on our website this year. It's entitled "So Is Drinking Okay?" It's a look at you know kind of being a twenty something Christian and drinking and how that navigating that kind of gray area. Um, we have never in our history of a magazine run a web story in the magazine before, yeah. but this one is a top five most read. Uh, article on the year for us and happened it is like at that level within like a month of publishing right. it mm-hmm. and so you know we it hit a it kind of struck a chord it hit a nerve we thought let's enlarge the conversation to our print readership um you know we have a lot of readership on the website but it's probably five times bigger in the print mag mm-hmm. so we thought let's run it and so it's jason boyette's piece uh, on drinking um i mean it got tons and tons of response and i think he does a good job of kind of pulling in where a lot of us probably grew up with the really you know strict prohibitionist stance on drinking and then um kind of talking how like a lot of us have like kind of changed our minds and then like what might be their uh results or consequences of that changing minds after that he does he just does a really nice job of talking of touching on all 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 the areas and questions of drinking yeah uh we have a look at the new atheists and kind of what they're saying about god being an illusion and kind of the other side of that argument um in the issue we look at uh, the dynamic of 20-somethings ministries a lot of churches especially kind of suburban contemporary churches have specific ministries for 20-somethings. Josh Loveless, who is the senior editor of our ministry magazine, New, um, actually has a very interesting viewpoint on this. And he says at their core, 
20 somethings ministry are actually a rebellion. And so he wrote a piece that kind of explores that, that are we actually part of a rebellion if we are, and not in a good way, not like a movement or revolution, not like a star Wars way. Right. But an actual, like out of a rebellious heart, you know, um, are, are we being self-serving and, uh, kind of harming the church in the process. Right. Really and, interesting. And we've already heard from several of you about your thoughts on that on the website. So mm. I'd love to hear more because I think it's it's close to home for a lot of us who either are in or have been in a 20-something ministry. And a, a little note on the second spread. Uh, the first spread is is uh, the picture is actually um, a picture of the status uh, service that Josh pastors. And on the second spread, there's another picture of that same service. But then in the middle, there's a big picture of a crowd. And that picture is actually a picture I took at a Hillsong United concert in Miami. So if you were at the Hillsong United concert in Miami and you sat on the floor, you might see your face irrelevant. And I apologize. (laughs) So just wanted to uh, give that disclaimer. Really interesting piece um, after that was we looked at the new face of homelessness. We had a reporter kind of hit two main areas in the L.A. area where uh, there's a new generation of homelessness. And the face of homelessness is changing and it's looking a lot like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's an it's a gripping piece. Yeah. I mean, in on Venice Beach, there's just this whole generation of very young homeless who are li- who have been on the streets since maybe they're tweens and they're like a family and and they've even moved around the country and ended up there and um so that's one look and then this other look at tent cities um in la's skid row and where there's getting to be more and more families because of um the recession and bankruptcies and home foreclosures so it's a really interesting piece just um on what homelessness is starting to look like now that's right. Uh, the last uh, music piece in the issue is Bat for Lashes. Um, it's it, If you know Bat for Lashes music, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair mm-hmm. word? Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre with some 80s flourishes. Um, the Her. See, I say, it feels weird saying her. Right. Yeah. But it, it's her. Right. Yeah, it's, it's Natasha. It's a group Khan. name, yeah. but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's Natasha Khan. Um, she's, she's um, recently, you know, I guess this year released Two Sons, mm-hmm. a, a very... Um, I don't know, seminal album. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a it's a big record. Yeah. So we talked to her. A little Q and A. Uh, here's a clip from Tucson. You know, this is a packed issue. I kind of say we're not going to talk about every story, but man, I'm flipping through it. And it's like, all of these are here so intentionally. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the holiday season. And I'm not saying that because I'm anti-Christmas. This isn't a war on Christmas. It is holidays. There's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. So it's the holiday season. Um, but, you know, there's a movement, and especially that we want to do Christmas differently. You know, we want to kind of redeem it, uh, get back to the core uh, meaning of what we're celebrating and and kind of reclaim the consumerism um, and, and move away from that. So we actually, we have an article that explores that movement and, and that worldview of kind of doing Christmas differently. Yeah, and just give several ideas for um, ways not to spend a ton of money or to get super stressed out and ways to 
um, give more fair trade gifts or to make your own gifts and gives examples of several um, people and movements who are doing that um, across the U.S. One uh, interesting tidbit about the American Consumerism article is that the the opening spread, the first page, um, used to have a person in it. And That's true. our incredibly talented designer, Tim, photoshopped the person out well, and did all, sh- all the shadowing and feathering and everything. Yes. <laughs> and well, we, it, it sounds mean to say that we ha- that some picture is better without the person. But, <laughs> you know, it's like when you're when you're dealing with, you know, message and whatever, the minutia of facial expressions right, right. factor in and whatever. And we explored this so many different ways that we thought, no, we need more packages. Mm-hmm. So actually about two, a third of the packages that that you see in this photo are fake fake because the photo shoot while we had design interns actually wrapping boxes uh-huh. and boxes <laughs> and boxes and boxes right uh for this photo Empty shoot. boxes they're fake in so many ways right yeah. um you know it just didn't have there just weren't enough and so we just kept replicating them digitally That's so right. empty yeah. christmas gifts it just says a lot it says right a lot there. it does um uh, turning the page we uh one of my favorite authors, Jason Boyette, uh, has he has a knack for historical um, analysis in a funny way, finding the oddities in history. Anyway, we wanted we asked him to go back and look at Christmas and our modern celebration of Christmas and kind of get to the origins of it and help us uh, see how we got where we are. Why does Christmas look the way it looks? And so he broke it down. He looked at the mistletoe, the tree, um, the the date itself, the giving of gifts, all those things, and goes to the source and tells why we do what we do with Christmas. And it turns out, not exactly a Christian (laughs) holiday. (laughs) None of them were really all that sacred. Yeah. So um, it kind of uh, takes the luster off of... uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But um, read it. It's a really interesting uh, read. Um, we, we do a conscientious Christmas gift guide. We did this last year. This is a little bit of a pared down version. We do um, 17 gifts, uh, odd number, instead of, I think we tried to do 100 last year. But it's everything from fair trade stuff to uh, sustainable stuff to cool, creative ideas at all price levels uh, to give thoughtful presents to people. Uh, in your life if if you choose to do that. Any favorites? I'm a big fan of the Sigmund Freud slippers. The Freudian slippers. The Freudian, the Freudian slippers. slippers. You said right. you said the Sigmund Freud right. slippers. I did. Because yeah. that's important. Yeah. There's, but we also have stuff like you can give water on somebody's uh, behalf, like help build a uh, well in Africa. You can get fair trade stuff from Africa. There's there's uh, DIY stuff like screen printing kits. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at number seventeen. That's, that's and an, and a gift subscription to Relevant. <laughs> that's crazy. It's only seven fifty. Gift. That is that's a gift that keeps on giving, folks. Printed totally on true. recycled paper. Yeah, it is hundred percent recycled. Not harming the environment in any way. Not harming your walk with God unless you read the drinking article. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for your look inside the current issue. It's available in newsstands, a lot of newsstands nationwide. Not all of them. You can view the digital edition if you're really, really cheap and refuse to support us. You can go over to (laughs) relevantmagazine.com. And and right there, you can actually view the whole issue on your computer screen. But it's so thick and so luxurious. Don't you want to hold it in your hand? And I was going to say, if it's not at your newsstand, you should totally start a nonviolent (laughs) sit-in. That's right. (laughs) And um, and, uh, if you do want to subscribe, it's only uh, 12 bucks, and you can give gifts or or maybe it's fifteen bucks. Sorry, but you can give gift subscriptions uh, this month for only seven fifty. Seven fifty. It's only seven fifty. As many as you want. 
Whoa. Go do it. All right. Thanks, Roxy. Uh-huh. Up next, Jeremy Larson. listening to tom york the song is all for the best it's from the album chow my shining star the songs of mark mulcahy um he was the leader of the alternative rock band miracle legion and polaris as well as a house band for the mid-90s tv series the adventures of pete and pete yeah um mark's mark's wife uh, died suddenly leaving him with two daughters to raise and so this is a tribute album assembled by his famous peers to raise funds so uh oh. th- the song you heard was tom york doing all for the best and uh, the video for that is playing right now over at Relevant.tv. You should check it out. Well, like I mentioned, Jeremy Larson came through the Relevant Studios uh, recently. Um, his new album, Salvation Club, is available on iTunes now. Uh, you can check him out on MySpace at myspace.com slash Jeremy Larson. Here's Jeremy performing his song, Immovable. Lord is watching pain 
This is Jeremy Larson. The song's Immovable from the new album Salvation Club, which is available at iTunes and retailers nationwide. Check them out at jeremylarsonmusic.com. Feeling a little spiritually depraved? Well, deepen your walk. Get five books that will help you deepen your walk for only $20 at RelevantStore.com. Deeper Walk 1, Deeper Walk 2, Red Moon Rising, Following Jesus, and One Thing. Some great books at RelevantStore.com. You're listening to Pastels and Tennis Coats. The song is Vivid Youth from the album Two Sunsets. It's a collaboration album between Glasgow Twee Pop Royalty, the Pastels, and Twee, Yokio, Twee Tokyo Duo Tennis Coats. That's a lot of Twee. It's a lot of Twee. And uh, it's not playing at Relevant.TV. It's a Chad Michael Snavely special. Hmm. I thought I thought you were just going to put Radiohead in for the, all of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week was our kind of Halloween spooktacular. And uh, we, the, the editorial question of the week that we asked you was, um, we want to know your Halloween costumes. Like any, you know, we ran an article on relevantmagazine.com that week, I guess Wednesday, last Wednesday. And it was uh, 10 ideas for cheap or free Halloween costumes, right? Yeah, there, well, there, it was 10, like 10 categories. So there were more like 25 or 30 ideas. But. Well, the, the, the article exploded like hundreds of Facebook posts, tweets, comments. People really liked it. So uh, we thought, you know, you people probably had a lot of good uh, Halloween costume ideas. So we wanted to hear from you. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and told us your Halloween costumes. Here are our favorites. I think this one's uh, pretty good, uh, depending on uh, how old you are. Lex Girl said she, I'm assuming Lex Girl is a female, went as Homie the Clown from In Living Color for the second time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. Chad B. said that he tried to go as Clint Eastwood from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but he didn't have all the uh, elements of the costume, so he had to improvise. Instead of a cowboy hat, he had an authentic sombrero <laughs> from Mexico. He had a poncho, but he didn't have cowboy boots, so he had to wear tennis shoes. He said it made me feel like Marty McFly in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> so he just went as Marty McFly. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like in that scenario, you should just go ahead and tell people that you're Marty McFly from Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Samuel G. said he tried to go as a Jedi, but people thought he was just dressed as a member of the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually... 
He was actually sent down to Gitmo for yeah. a few years. Yeah. It's the yeah. last we ever heard of Samuel. It's G. a common. It's a common mistake. Bryson C says that uh, he or she. What's Bryson? What's a Bryson? I think, I think a he, he she. I think a he. A he. Okay. I don't think we want to accuse someone of being a she male. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um, Bryson C says that she male dressed up as the Edge from U two. Now, what is that? A black beanie, a flannel shirt, and jeans. Hmm. I was like that. That's Tuesday for me. Yeah. Anyway, but but <laughs> but then uh, he she carried around uh, their guitar all night and tried their best to speak in an Irish accent and and drew a fake goatee on her, on its face. So wait, if you had to draw a fake goatee, it might be a she male or a she. Didn't Edge used to wear like a top hat? No, that's that's the guy from Axel Rose's slash. Band. Yeah, slash. slash. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking like a bit like a exaggerated top hat. I'm thinking of like a like almost like a fedora. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I think it's Slash still, <laughs> or, or Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Are you thinking oh, of that's Buckethead, right, that's Jesse? Well, Buckethead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah is, doesn't Edge usually wear a KFC bucket on his head? <laughs> I think. I think, yeah. I think you're thinking of the guy with the black eyes for Limp Biscuit. Oh, okay, oh, West Portland. Yeah, 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 West Portland. <laughs> I don't know how I know that name. Wait, doesn't he make horror movies, West Portland? Wes Craven. 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 Who incidentally went to the same college as me. Really? Yeah. He only he only lasted two years. Wes Craven. Where did you go to college? Wheaton. Wait, what? Yeah. Wes Craven went to Wheaton. Wes Craven went to Wheaton College for two years. The administration doesn't really like to talk about it. Every year around Halloween, though, some person uh, finds his picture in the yearbook again and puts it up on like walls all over campus. (sighs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Like, little known facts, the real Elm Street, just a couple blocks off campus. Huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. See, now, uh, the only claim to fame for, for my alma mater, uh, Oral Roberts University, is that Kathy Lee Gifford went there. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Almost as scary as Wes Craven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she too, is considered in many circles a master of horror. <laughs> <laughs> The university also tries to hide that fact. (laughs) (laughs) But on Halloween, people put their face in the halls. Uh, Kaylee N. said that she went as the Ricola girl, you know, from the commercial, the cough drop commercials. She said that she made a homemade costume that was really awesome and even had a huge, uh, like, basket full of Ricola, just like in the commercials. The bad thing is kids thought it was candy. You know, and uh, just start counting cough drops. <laughs> uh, you know, Ryan grew up in Auckland on the mission field. That's actually the outfit he had to wear to school. The Ricola girl <laughs> yeah. outfit? No, no. <laughs> I had to wear later hosen. You did not. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were so excited. For I really picture. was. I was, so, was going to put it on the hall every Halloween. <laughs> oh. I guess I guess that'll do it for your feedback. Now I have a couple of announcements here. As many of you um, males know, this is uh, a very significant month for facial hair. It's No Shave November, and it's also Movember um, for mustaches. Mm. So uh, you basically don't have an excuse to, to not grow your stubble out. Yes. No Shave November is, is a significant event here at the relevant offices. We actually have a good chunk of our, our male staff participating, and we thought um, that you all might like to look in because you're weird like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every week on the website, we're actually going to do a photo update of the group. It's, it's Jesse, Justin, and Tim from our design team, Ryan from our editorial team, and Chad, Michael Snavely, our audio and video producer. And they're all doing No Shave November. So they, they've taken their first group shot this week, 
and they will be documenting it at the end of each week yeah. on the website. So and apparently, apparently there will be prizes. Prizes awarded. for who? For the for the person. So I guess like you guys can vote on who you like the best or whose beard you like the best by the end of this. Because nice. I think this is going to go directly into Don't Shave December. So there's no shave November, then Don't Shave December. And then, so at the end you vote, and then I guess one of us gets a prize. Nice. And since I'm the only one with the microphone on the podcast, right. I'd like to take this opportunity to say that my beard may not be the fullest at this point in time, but it is the one with the most heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so uh, you know, be on the lookout for our no shame November. So so now, apparently, the holiday is celebrated a little differently internationally. And Adam, you're doing Movember, right? That's right. That's right. Which is a big deal in New Zealand, like to the point that I mean, there are ads, there are signs, like, really? and a lot of people do it because uh, it's to raise funding and awareness for like prostate cancer research and testing and things like that. So really? it's actually a really big deal here. Wow. Um, but just... this year I've decided to go with the illustrious Colonel Mustard. Nice. <laughs> yeah. See, people here uh, just do it for kicks and giggles. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so now that we've done our facial hair update, uh, I wanted to draw your attention to a contest going on at the website right now. I'm on a semi-sabbatical hiatus, whatever, with, with the baby. So I only come in to record a couple meetings here and there, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of out of the office. So I'm not as sure of what this is. <laughs> so, Ryan, you have to help me. Okay. Um, we're, we, you remember when we did Jason, we talked to Jason Boyette mm-hmm. on the podcast, and we talked about all the saints and stuff. He wrote a book about saints. Well, we're doing a contest with him about, um, about saints. Now, it's called The Great Relevant Saint Off. We've been doing a three-week series on off-the-wall saints on the website, right, right, yeah. articles, and um, that saints that have existed through church history. Um, now it's time to turn over the reins to our listeners and readers. Um, this contest is for them to create a celebrity saint at relevantmagazine.com/saints mm-hmm. before November eighteenth, and and the winner will get a hundred dollar uh, Amex gift card. Yeah. So what do, what does that mean? Create a saint. So basically, a celebrity it, saint. It means you kind of pick a celebrity and then decide what they could be saint of. So if you've if you've read in over the last few weeks, um, you know that Jason's like sort of picked out a lot of like strange patron saints of things that are really funny. Like there's the patron saint of bowel disorders and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, he did that on the podcast. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. So um, what we thought would be fun is if we kind of open the doors to you and, you know, if like you could make a saint of any celebrity for like something kind of weird, um, what would it be? So a couple of the examples that we came up with as we were talking about it was like, um, you know, Chuck Norris could be St. Charles, the one who will kill other patron saints just by looking at them. So, so it's a celebrity as a saint. What would their what would patron... their patron patronage be? Yeah. Okay. I w- yeah, I would say he's the saint, the patron saint of being kicked in the face. Yes, there you go. Exactly. Okay. Um, like and then, like... sadly, that's already taken at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's you know Saint Kenny G, the patron saint of those with long flowing hair. Mm. So Michael McDonald, the the patron saint of yachting and yacht ownership. (laughs) (laughs) Or St. Nicholas Cage, the patron saint of castles and Bavaria owners. Although not anymore. Foreclosure. Yeah, Bavarian castle. He should have he should have prayed to that saint. The patron saint of castle foreclosure. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I mean the whole goal is to just kind of like 
find a celebrity, you can poke fun at them a little bit, but we're looking for it to be creative and something that makes us laugh, basically. And like you said, the winner gets a $100 American Express card, and then the top three winners um, get copies of Jason's Pocket Guide books. Cool. Oh, I was going to say A Night in a Bavarian Castle. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> Nicolas was... Cage and Kal-El. <laughs> um, and so, Nicolas Cage will massage you and give you beer. Uh, so go to relevantmagazine.com slash saints, S-A-I-N-T-S. Uh, to uh, to re- to uh, take part of that contest. Okay, so you're since you're at the website, going to the relevantmagazine.com/saints to to take part in that contest. You're at the website checking out the new issue. You're at the website uh, looking at the videos of birds exploding and bats getting swatted on the podcast episode page. We thought we need to give you one more thing to do, and that's answer this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Okay, this week's question of the week. Is, is a very serious question. Nicolas Cage is broke, and he needs to resuscitate his career. Yes. Okay. We figured the best idea would be to turn that over to you, our listeners, and we um, want you to write a one-sentence description of the movie plot that will bring Nicolas Cage back from the brink of financial ruin. Mm-hmm. Movie, movie plot and title. Movie plot and title yeah. for Nicolas Cage to star in that will be such a blockbuster and such a hit that the man will never have to worry about his castles again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there is one stipulation, though. Okay. You can't, you can't uh, do a movie that already has a sequel. So National Treasure is out. So you can't, like, because right. otherwise people are going to be like National Treasure 3 and 4. Oh, right. Oh, well, um, so no, they can't do any sequels, any existing movie. They can't. Well, right. no. I, I was going to say Face Off 2, where they put the faces back on. Yes. <laughs> and then it would be Face face Off 2, Face On. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, on. Yes. Face, face Off 2, that has, it's on. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. summer, now, I, it's I on. I actually, I'm going to say we should do sequels for that very reason. Yeah? <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. Okay, we will allow a sequel as long as the sequel's plot does not replicate the original's plot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But if we're being honest, all Nicolas Cage movies are going to have <laughs> some similar plot elements. The, He's going to be... Uh, in a race against time, <laughs> to unravel a mystery. No one else believes him, and he will have to carry a flashlight. And he's going to have to do that thing. At one point, usually he looks really concerned and sort of waves his hands about. Yes. There's always one scene. Yeah, the, the gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, is exactly. Yes. That's he and, literally, and he will that. be either a divorced single parent, or there will be tension in his relationship with his significant other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, oh boy! And it can, it may involve time travel if you want. All mine will, and yours are allowed to. But I'm just, I'm, I just want to make sure people know it can involve time travel. Okay, so, so, so go over to relevantmagazine.com, click on the current podcast episode page, and right there in the comments, post. Uh, that's where you can answer this week's uh, question of the week. So just post your one sentence description of the Nicolas Cage movie plot and movie title that will bring him back from the brink of financial ruin. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up. Many thanks to Roxy for sitting in. Remember, the new issue of Relevant Magazine is available at newsstands nationwide. You can view the digital edition at relevantmagazine.com if you scroll down. It's on the front page. You have to scroll down a little bit. And, um, And you can subscribe. 
Uh, you can also give a gift subscription for Christmas. It's only seven fifty for gift subscriptions. So that is incredibly cheap to show your heart. We're actually losing money on those, <laughs> but it's our gift to you. Yeah, look, look at how generous we're being. We're trying. Um, so you ingrates. <laughs> <laughs> You people make me sick. <laughs> um, uh, many thanks to Jeremy Larson for coming through. Again, you can check him out at jeremylarsonmusic.com or myspace.com slash jeremylarson. His new album, Salvation Club, is available on iTunes and retailers nationwide. Oh, and we should say it's Jeremy Larson, O-N, not E-N. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, yeah, L-A-R-S-O-N. Yes. Like Gary Larson yes. of the Far Side comic book fame. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll do it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. How could you be? This week, we have not been contacted by Toby Mack, Josh Moore, Rick Rubin, or Nicolas Cage. Unbelievable. Snubwatch 2009.